Hello all and welcome to the Gestalt IT Rundown, your weekly look at the IT news of the week. I'm your host, Rich Straffolino, editor with Gestalt IT, and joining me across the great plains of our nation is the one, the only, the networking nerd himself, Tom Hollingsworth. Tom, how is life in the Panhandle State? Um, it's great right now. Um, I will not be in the Panhandle State next week, though. I'll be headed to Cisco Live in Orlando, so um, we're going to trade hot and windy for hot and muggy. But there's still a panhandle involved in the state. Is that your only, you know, kind of travel requirement? Is that there's some sort of land jutting out of an arbitrary geographical border? Pretty much. Um, I, I will accept peninsulas in a pinch, but I'm I'm a bigger fan of the handle that are pans. Okay. Uh, we'll have to figure out how we feel on isthmuses at a later time. Isthmusai, I believe that's pronounced. All right. So uh, a little bit of an interesting angle here. WWDC was, of course, this week, Apple's big developer conference. It's worldwide, from what I'm told. Uh, this isn't really an IT show. I wasn't sure if I wanted to cover it, but there were some announcements that I thought were pretty interesting and had some implications uh, for IT, maybe down the road, maybe not right today, but down the road. The biggest ones for me were ARKit2 and Create ML. So if you miss these announcements, if you're not an Apple person, uh, some interesting stuff. ARKit2 is, unsurprisingly, Apple's uh, AR development framework. And what ARKit2 is letting people do is now share AR experiences across devices. A uh, you know, so you can have, you know, your your weird digital things sitting out in the middle of your room through your camera. Uh, you can look at your IKEA furniture and then you can have three other people look at it. You can all see it from, you know, different perspectives, but all within the same space. And so I think this has major implications down the road when we're talking about collaborative productivity applications. You know, we're talking about Microsoft bringing SharePoint into the AR universe. This is the kind of thing where you can have the AR whiteboard. And this isn't really that useful when you're using a phone to do that. But I think it is really cool when we get to uh, the glasses version of this, whether it's Apple that kind of cracks that nut or it's another company is another thing to say. But I think that's kind of cool. And the other one is called Create ML. And this allows uh, for ML training on Apple devices. Uh, it has all sorts of software and GPU uh, optimizations. It's, uh, it's GPU accelerated. And it really lowers the barrier to entry for a lot of ML training because it's all written in Swift. You can use it in Swift Playground even, so it can be drag and drop. So I, I really feel like this has a chance for, especially maybe on an SMB side, uh, you know, really small organizations that only really use Apple hardware, don't really have proper IT, might be able to start taking advantage of, uh, of ML in their operations with, you know, kind of the simplified training model. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, two biggest takeaways for me from WWC, uh, surprisingly, we're around security and privacy. Um, the the fact that Tim Cook literally stood on stage and said, we are shutting down. I'm sorry, it wasn't Tim Cook. It was um, oh, Air Force One. Yeah, Federighi. We are shutting down all of the privacy stuff, the uh, the like buttons tracking you from site to site to site and, uh, you know, things impinging upon your privacy. And the fact that the iPhone in, in iOS 12 has a setting that disables the lightning port, um, according to the reports, now after two days, so um, you will not be able to use those uh, gray box things to uh, to break iPhones. Um, that's huge. One of the biggest things that Apple has always you know impressed me about, you can whine about their overpriced hardware. You can whine about the way that they treat app developers. You can whine till the cows come home about a lot of the things they do. But one thing you cannot whine about is that Apple has been on the forefront of fighting for your security for a very long time, usually against the best interests of the people who are trying to compromise it. I don't think we're ever going to get GDPR in the USA, 
but I can guarantee you that Apple is going to give us as much as they can with what they have against the people who don't want it. Well, and this also plays into another major announcement that I think is going to have some implications for IT specifically. And that was um, their healthcare or health kit. It wasn't health kit, but it was their their health um, information API, basically. And what this let you do yeah. is take information from your Apple Watch, take it from your phone, whatever, send it via an encrypted channel, it never touches an Apple server. And, you know, you can get, kind of have push pull, um, you know, from your healthcare organization. One, I feel like uh, if you're a healthcare in healthcare IT, one, make sure your compliance ducks are in a row uh, because all of a sudden you're going to be getting all this device data. But two, I mean, Apple completely taking themselves out of that equation saying, we, we don't want to know what any of this is. That's not our business. We're going to encrypt it end to end. And I, I think, you know, this is where having trust as a product or having privacy, I should say, as a product differentiator could really serve them in kind of this, this emerging and, and potentially hugely profitable market for them. Yes, indeed. All right, next up, kind of continuing where we were last week, the ZTE ban is reportedly officially lifted. According to Reuters, ZTE signed a deal with the U.S. Commerce Department to lift the U.S. supplier ban on the company. The deal would include a $1 billion fine, uh, an additional $400 million to be held in escrow for future violations, which is super encouraging. Uh, ZTE is also um, going to replace their board and executive team wholesale, like the entire team gone uh, within 30 days and allow site visits from U.S. regulators, importantly, without notification, prior notification to Chinese authorities that it's happening. Um, Tom, is this an end to the existential threat uh, for ZTE, or does their history of bad behavior mean we'll just be back here in a couple of years? I bet you we'll be back here in less than a year. Um, that $400 million is going to get vacuumed up. I imagine the very first time that a team gets on an airplane to go from San Francisco to Hong Kong to check out what's going on, um, there'll be some visa problems or there'll be a, a reason for regulators to be held up for a couple of days. Let's be fair. If ZTE really wants to avoid all of the worst pieces of this um, thing, other I mean, other than trading out the board of directors, and I wonder who's going to get to name the new board. I guarantee you it will not be anybody from the U.S. US. This doesn't really matter in the long run. ZTE is going to continue to do what they do. I find it funny that that this is all about, you know, selling to embargoed countries. Still no discussion of um, a large portion of our Congress thinking that there is a national security threat with them. Hmm. Maybe we should take a strong, hard look at that, since that seems to be a reason why we've been keeping other companies out. Yeah, it, it, it does seem uh, a little baffling uh, to not have that mentioned uh, at all. Uh, next up, uh, we have some interesting news out of SAP, uh, since 2013, or they, they've kind of completed, um, their long planned out or long, at least, uh, surmised the uh, launch of a cloud CRM system. Uh, since 2013, the company has been making acquisitions, uh, to indicate that they were going in that direction. They acquired the e-commerce platform Hybris, uh, in 2013, Gigya in 2017, uh, to add into their customer tracking and Calidus Cloud in 2018 to uh, kind of complete the CPQ piece uh, and also to make sure that I have no idea if I'm pronouncing any of those company names correctly. Uh, all told, they invested $3.75 billion uh, in these acquisitions. And these have all kind of come together for now. They're a newly announced CRM suite uh, creatively titled SAPC slash Forhana. <laughs> I don't know why you would want C4 right next to what you would assume would be a stable product, but sure, why not? Uh, it's SAP. Their names don't have to be sexy. Uh, this offers a cloud-based way to package sales, service, and marketing into a single platform, aka it's a CRM system. Uh, Tom, do you think there is any way that SAP can maybe leverage maybe their existing ERP customer base to chip away at the Salesforce market share? Is this kind of like an Oracle public cloud situation where 
it, maybe it doesn't even matter how good the product is. They're just going up against such a powerful incumbent. They aren't even going to chip away at the lead Salesforce has. At best, they're going to sand a little bit off the surface. This is too little, too late. SAP is basically trying to get their existing customer base to stick with them while they get on the cloud and not, please, please, please don't look at anything going on over at Salesforce. Really, we mean it this time. We've got a cloud thing. The fact that it took them five years to get to the point where they have a usable online system should tell you everything you need to know. Salesforce just doesn't have a lead. They have literally crushed all the rest of the competition. That's it. Yeah, it does seem like this offering is, yeah, it's not so much that they want this to be to, to shift market share. It's more like, hey, you have this extra money lying around and you have a CRM system and you like SAP, like we'll soak up those yeah. extra dollars. But still, I mean, if that's the play, they spent $4 billion to 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 just be able to have that checkbox. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to pay off for them in the long run. No, it won't. This is going to be a money sink. Um, the investors are not going to get their return. They're going to break up SAP. They're going to sell pieces off to everybody else. And we're going to be having a fun conversation about this in about two to three years time saying, wither SAP, I remember when they used to be the big guys. I guess when that happens, they'll feel like a real sap. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom. We take briefings all the time where we, we we look at slide decks online. Basically, teleconferencing is a hateful garbage fire. Uh, but Google <laughs> has just announced uh, that they're making it easier to spread the garbage fire around a little bit. In a recent update to Hangouts Meets, their enterprise version of Google Hangouts, uh, Google is now allowing users of Microsoft Skype for Business, otherwise known as the ultimate garbage fire in hell, uh, Polycom, or Cisco, to use Meet Video uh, to join v Excuse me to join Meet video calls as full participants. Basically, you can keep using your Skype for Business app because you're a sadist and you can uh, access uh, a Google Hangouts, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, in the spirit of interoperability, they're also uh, allowing uh, third-party integrations with Google Calendar, so you can now set up teleconferencing directly from their current, uh, it used to be just limited to Hangouts, um, which essentially no one uses. Um, I know they really want you to, uh, but everyone just wants to use their WebEx. And they're basically supporting all the big names right out the gate. Uh, Tom, I know we use Uber Conference at work. I didn't see that on there, but I'm hoping that it just wasn't listed. Um, is there any chance that this makes this just like the worst part about doing remote work, Tom? <sighs> I hate teleconference systems. Um, and for those of you who are watching at home, allow me to uh, check off part of your bingo cards. Um, yeah, I just joined. Who's on the call? Can you give me a quick recap? Yeah. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, let me restate the five minutes of speech that I just had. Or, no, let me download uh, this plugin. Hold, wait, am I supposed to use Chrome? I don't, what? Wait a minute. Let, let me put you on hold and play some hold music into the conference bridge. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, you know, in the long run, you know what this means to me? It's one more thing that Google's going to end of life because they don't like it. Um, there, there are 15 different conference apps. Guess what? Thinking you're going to create a better one? Now there are 16 and none well, of them can dial in. None of them have good plugins. None of them work properly. Skype for business, Zoom, WebEx, and, and literally the ones that work really well, like WebEx go to meeting and Zoom, you basically get stuck with one of them. You're either WebEx or you're I hate Cisco, so we're not using WebEx. <laughs> and, and then you're Zoom because it's cheap. Okay. I, I, I like those platforms. Pick one of those. Stick with it. Well, the, the one thing I will say is, yeah, maybe Google Hangouts Meet becomes 
you know, the, the, the sunsetted product or something like that. But I, I do think it's an interesting play one to realize that people want to use G suite, but hangouts just doesn't have any traction and Hey, plug in anything that you want. It's all going to work. And like that to me is, it is an interesting story at least. Yeah. Well, we'll see how well it works and how quickly well, and, and it takes it, before Google starts messing with things. And until someone, you know, changes their API and breaks that yep. integration and because they yep. want to own the whole experience and all that horrible crap. Uh, okay. So uh, big news from Amazon. They've officially announced that their managed Kubernetes uh, offering, Amazon EKS, is now fully uh, Kubernetes compliant, according to certification from the Cloud Native Computing Foundation. Uh, they've been kind of working on this for a while. And uh, now the offering is available to customers in the U.S. East and West regions. Uh, it's, it's, it's interesting to note, though, that you know most of the other major public clouds, in fact, all of the major public clouds, have had uh, managed Kubernetes for quite some time. Yet, looking at recent numbers, Amazon uh, is showing about 57% market share of uh, Kubernetes users uh, compared to 33% on Google Cloud and just 16% on Azure. Um, I think that's really interesting. Actually, I think the Google Cloud number is the most interesting there, just that they have the most traction. Admittedly, Kubernetes, a Google project, not all that surprising. Uh, but now, you know, Amazon kind of having one more checkbox, not only is are half of everyone that runs Kubernetes using Amazon. Now they're making it even easier to do so. Yeah, this this is really about answering their customer bases uh, requests to support Kubernetes like it is. Um, because, well, yeah, it, it appears that, that Kubernetes won that container argument because um, we're not talking about it. I mean, when you look at everybody's solution for managing like elastic container services, there's a reason why they use a K for container instead of C. <laughs> or a D, Tom, or a D. Mm. Mm. I'm not saying anything. All right, Tom. And finally, I think this was the big news of the week. This kind of blew up my Twitter feed uh, over the weekend. Of course, we're talking about Microsoft buying GitHub. Now, the deal is not through yet, folks. I mean, they, they're planning to acquire them. Admittedly, there's no antitrust or any other regulatory reason why this transaction wouldn't go through. But still, uh, somehow, if you haven't heard, Microsoft announced plans to acquire GitHub for $7.4 billion in stock or roughly 7.4 Instagrams. GitHub was valued in 2015 around $2 billion, so a nice uh, $5 billion bump there. And uh, But very interestingly, reportedly, over the course of this year, has received uh, acquisition interest from Google, Amazon, and a number of other companies. And it looks like Microsoft uh, kind of made the best deal or hit them up at just the right time. It was kind of no secret that GitHub was looking to be acquired. Uh, they have not never... They have not never. They have never been a profitable company. Um, that doesn't make them unusual in any way um, for a tech company. Uh, but basically, they were facing either an uncomfortable IPO uh, where you know they get, people get to look into their financials, maybe say, "Hey, they're not all that great uh, in terms of a financial uh, uh, investment," or they can get bought by Microsoft and uh, let them deal with the headache from that. Microsoft corporate VP Nat Friedman will become CEO of GitHub, which uh, will reportedly be operated independently to continue to provide an open platform. Uh, so, Tom, I'm, I'm just kind of wondering, we've seen a lot of reactions out there and they've kind of fallen into two camps. Uh, is this the evil empire squashing an Internet darling or Satchamania in full effect? I'm in the firmly in the Satchamania camp. Um, and I, I tweeted some things about the, the the fact that this on Monday morning, which, by the way, I thought it was great that all of this went down on a Sunday. Like we went from <laughs> Sunday morning. We think Microsoft might buy GitHub to Sachi just wrote a check. And you're like, wow, 
that developed quickly. Um, by the way, my favorite thing is um, I want somebody to make like a, a meme of, you know, Balmer screaming developers, developers, and then Satya going developers, developers, because <laughs> the man ponied up the cash. When you look at what he's done, when you look at all of the things that he's trying to accomplish, he didn't just turn this ship. Like, like if you look, if you Google like high speed aircraft carrier turns where the thing is like listing at like 45 degrees in the water because they got to whip it around fast. That's what he's done. I am firmly entrenched in the camp now that says that Microsoft, as you know it today, is not the Balmer Gates Microsoft. They don't rely on Windows as a primary source of their revenue. They are expanding past the desktop. They're looking at cloud. They're looking at applications. And the logical next step is to get a place where you can develop all of those things. And they're going to do it. And like you said, GitHub has lost money. I think they lost, was it $600 million last year? Something like that, Over yeah. the course of four quarters. It was, it was not an insubstantial amount of money. So what's going to happen is, is the people who got in early for nothing, because I think the original bankroll on it was like $100 million, they're getting cashed out. Way to go. Um, and it's also mostly with stock. So um, Microsoft stock is just going to keep going up because of things like this. But um, this means that they have oversight into what GitHub is doing. And I heard people joking about, you know, we're going to put Clippy on everything or we're going to insert ads into pull requests. They don't need to do that. What they're going to do is they're going to offer you services. They're going to offer you robust stability for your projects. They're going to give you places to develop things. Um, they're going to let you host a lot of stuff on Azure. You know, how awesome would it be to be able to, you know, take code from GitHub and immediately spin it up into an Azure, you know, VM without anything happening on your side? That would be really awesome, wouldn't it? Those are the kinds of things. They're thinking about this in new directions. Um, those of you who, and I've said this on Twitter, those of you out there who are screaming that old Microsoft is going to kill this because they're going to, you know, productize it into Windows. come back and take a look at what's going on because just like blackberry this is not the same company that was the dominant force in everything that needed to die years ago well I, i'm trying to look at this as cynically as possible because i'm a reformed linux hippie i remember when you know like early 2000s microsoft was just this unstoppable behemoth that was just destroying all innovation they had horrible browsers everything was terrible um, I, I completely get that impulse, but I mean, think about this cynically. They s just spent seven and a half billion dollars and the absolute like, and, and they have to know what they're getting into, right? They have to know that people think of them as evil Microsoft, right? And that they're mm -hmm. buying an open source, uh, a, a darling, even though they're not, GitHub is never an open source company. Um, you know, Linux Foundation member Microsoft uh, is buying this and you, you have to think th they they're a for-profit company. They want to make money. There isn't any money if you totally nuke what makes GitHub great, which is a bunch of people wanting to put their code there. Now, admittedly, I, I think you're absolutely right. Where they're going to put their, where they're going to really lay on the services very thick are for those closed source projects, for the people that actually paid to be on GitHub. Um, I, I, I think if, if I'm Microsoft, I'm leaving all of the open source stuff. I am, I'm absolutely treating that independently. I'm completely hands off of that. It stays the exact same GitHub. I don't update the UI for 10 years uh, and just let that roll. However, it is because that's working well. It's building the community and it's eventually going to bring you customers who, for whatever reason, need to move their, you know, move their code to a closed source model. Um, you know, just from a cynical perspective, like it, it, they don't have to love open source to, to see that it's really dumb 
if all of a sudden there's ads in your pull requests or they force you, you know, to, to use all sorts of cloud uh, services, the, the minuscule value that they get from that would be totally nuked because all that open source code is super easy to just move over to GitLab or to Bitbucket or wherever you want to host it. They have to know that there is very, I mean, th there was some concern. I did see, um, it wasn't a Neil Dash. It was, he's on Twitter as scripting.com. Uh, I don't know the guy's name, but uh, it, he's an old school developer. And he was saying, you know, there are some deep links to GitHub that if you wanted to move stuff that would break a lot of projects, that's a very, you know, legitimate concern of why, you know, there there is some friction to moving stuff. Um, you know, not to take anything away from that, but in the long run, they could run GitHub into the ground very, very quickly if they decide to piss people off. Microsoft is not, I mean, I don't think they're that dumb. They like money. Yeah. Like, like, well, like, think about it that way. Well, think about it like this. Even among the people who are as cynical and upset about this as everybody else in the world, <clears throat> universally, Nat Friedman running the thing was a brilliant move. So you can't not like the guy. I'm sorry. You can't like the guy and then expect him to not do a good job. Although I thought, uh, you know, I, I have to say it here. I thought one of the best comments was, if there's nothing else you like about Microsoft buying GitHub, think about it like this. It means that Oracle couldn't buy them. <laughs> yeah, I did see their name floated around as well. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, let's look at some of the other acquisitions that Microsoft has made. You have LinkedIn, not exactly a beloved property as GitHub is to to some developers, but by and large have largely kept that by itself. I mean, they've had some integrations with like lynda.com and, and that kind of stuff. But overall, I, it doesn't smack me as a Microsoft product. I'm not getting beat over the head with that. Um, I think of something like Minecraft. Uh, which is, it seems like that they're doing, I, I don't hear people, I'm not I'm not in tune with the Minecraft community. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe Microsoft has completely ruined this and I apologize for my ignorance. But the narrative out of that isn't that Microsoft, you know, turned this into, you know, something that they could, you know, they were just soaking as much money out of and killed all the fun and joy uh, out of that. So, you know, I, I, I completely understand the hesitance of Microsoft doing that. Should you should GitHub be the de facto place to put open source code? No, but I think that was the point when they were an independent company, and now that they're part of Microsoft, I, I do think that more diversity in terms of of where we put stuff, and not just having like an automatic "Hey, upload to GitHub" button is is a really good thing. And if that's what comes out of this, I think that's better for the open source community overall. But I don't think Microsoft is necessarily bad for what GitHub needs to be going forward. And I love the fact that you brought up the two acquisitions that Nadella was in charge of making, LinkedIn and Minecraft, because that's the dividing line. Because when I asked this question on Twitter, everybody said the exact same thing, Skype. Microsoft destroyed Skype. And all I had to do was go out and look and go, hmm, Microsoft bought Skype three years before Nadella took over. They had three years to mine that thing and, and break it apart and put it back together. Admittedly, not great. So... Those, it, it just goes to reinforce the people who think that this is a bad idea, by and large, still think of Balmer on stage screaming developers, like bring me the developers, bring me their souls, <laughs> as opposed to Nadella, who's like, we can use this acquisition to build goodwill with the community, to build great things. He is not the screaming red faced CEO that you remember. And if you get nothing else from this, take a long, hard look at what Microsoft is doing. I do have to wonder, though, if 
uh, Satya flop sweats quite as magnificently as a Steve Ballmer. I mean, truly, he was the Kevin Garnett of IT executives. I mean, I think, can we all agree? I think, I think Nadella's code name is Iceman. He's always <laughs> so cool on stage. If and you use I, that, I want some royalties. I, I think, uh, one, uh, all of our future Microsoft coverage will have to mention uh, Satya, Iceman, Nadella. Uh, but two, I think that we'll also have to do it for the Gestalt IT rundown uh, for this week. Tom, thank you so much. Uh, I was excited to talk about Microsoft GitHub. I don't think it disappointed. Uh, if anyone wants to find out, uh, find more of your writing and uh, find you online, where can they look? As always, head to Twitter. I'm Networking Nerd. It'll be very active next week with Cisco Live content. Uh, my blog is networkingnerd.net. I'm sure I'm going to have some thoughts there. And if you want to tune in to gestaltit.com starting Monday morning, um, I will be covering the Cisco Live keynote live as it happens. So you'll get to hear my thoughts on Chuck Robbins and all the new things that they're announcing there. Yeah, our post uh, for the live blog is going up at 8. We'll have the live stream embedded in there as well. So you can just uh, kind of sit down there, get the uh, networking nerd uh, perspective on Cisco Live. So it should be fun. And you can also follow us on uh, on Twitter at Gestalt IT. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Mr. Anthropology, MR Anthropology. Uh, there's a lot of stuff uh, there about um, being a dad, uh, but also some tech stuff. I wrote, I was kind of live tweeting WWDC, which was a lot of fun. Uh, so if you want to scroll through old tweets, don't do that ever. Uh, but yeah, that's where I'm at. And you can also find me at gestaltit.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast, the on-premise IT roundtable podcast. We just had a really cool uh, bonus episode, go up an interview with Ted Dunning of MapR, uh, a real old school uh, open source um, uh, software guy and uh, just a really smart guy all around. So it was a really fun conversation. Uh, check that out, uh, please. I'm begging you. My life depends on it. Uh, until next week, we'll be back Wednesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time with your tech news of the week. Until then, remember, everybody, have a super sparkly day. <laughs>